just shows the longevity of memories. This experience still chokes me up 25 years later. <laughs> hey y'all, it's LJ here, owner and founder of Smart Moms Plan Disney and Smart Moms Travel. We are so glad you're here for another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Now, here's your host, Allie. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney Podcast. I am your host, Allie, joined today by Katie and Stacy once again to finalize our park itineraries over the last couple of months. We have been breaking down our, as the podcast host, favorite approaches to these parks, strategies to how to have the best single day you possibly can in all four main theme parks at Disney World. And we are rounding that out today with Animal Kingdom. Good morning, girls. Good morning. Hey, how's it going? We're finishing this out. This is park number four. And I have felt really excited about the strategies for all the other parks that we've given already. People have actually been letting us know in our communities that they've been using our strategies to hit the parks and that they've been having great success with them. And that just makes me really, really happy. And I think of the four parks, Animal Kingdom is going to be really, really different in approach and in vibe and how we kind of talk through the options on how to master this park in a single day. Before we dig in here, I want to let listeners know we are doing another mailbag episode. We're so excited about this one. You can find the form right here in today's episode show notes and on our social media the new mailbag episode we are currently taking submissions for. Maybe we will read yours on air. Maybe you will be part of the magic and helping others not make any mistakes. We are taking tips on your park bag. What are the things you put in your park bag? What are the things you wish you had in your park bag? Stories related. Hit the form in our show notes if you have a good tip for our listeners about what should be in your park bag. Of course, just want to thank all of our listeners, everybody that's tuning in every single week on Tuesday. If you're liking and subscribing, these episodes are just dropping right on in wherever you listen. And that helps us so much. We are so grateful to anybody that has taken the time to do that. And if you haven't, take a moment right now, just hit like, subscribe wherever you are listening so that now you become a first listener that gets an episode right when they become available. And of course, to all of our Patreon subscribers, we're having so much fun in there. That is where I've actually heard from some members that they're using our itineraries, which is just so much fun. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to seeing anybody in there that wants to join. So hit the show notes, join our Patreon, and we'll, we'll see you there. We're excited. So we're going to talk about Animal Kingdom today. And it's been known on this, uh, this podcast that Animal Kingdom is not necessarily my favorite park, but that doesn't mean that I think it's not a great park with lots to offer. And I can't wait to talk about what that is. What about the two of you? Do you think, I mean, is Animal Kingdom up there for you? Is it a must do? Do you go every time? My kiddos really love Animal Kingdom. And so, and of course, we're locals as well. So I would say of the four parks, Animal Kingdom is probably the one that I personally don't prioritize the most. But my seven-year-old Bella, she has a dress. Actually, it was a hand-me-down from Carla. <laughs> she has an Animal Kingdom dress. And every like week, she's like, okay, mom, I got the dress on. Let's go to Animal Kingdom. Like She loves going there. And I think that the important thing for people to ask, because people people ask us all the time, like, is it worth going to Animal Kingdom? People have this perception that it's just a zoo. And it's really not just a zoo. I would say of the four parks, Animal Kingdom and Epcot are the two that are really laid back that cater to you just being able to explore and enjoy. Whereas Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios are very busy and you're going to be like rushing to the next thing. 
But I love Animal Kingdom in that it is a park that you can just kick back and relax and soak up all the magic of the day, right? So I think it's a wonderful park to explore and it's way more than just a zoo. I would even say that my family hasn't taken the time to go see all of the animal exhibits because we're so busy seeing the shows and riding the rides. We use it very much as almost a rest day. Of course, we also add in a rest day where we're not going to any parks. But this is still one of the ones we place in the middle of a trip because it has has such a chill vibe to it, like we were saying, Katie, that it almost feels restful. Now, it is the earliest of the park openings, so we do feel that a little bit, but it closes earlier as well. So we can make it through the day and go from rope drop to park closing and then still get back to the resort in time to get an early start on bed. And that is a really, really nice perk as well. But we love Animal Kingdom. I I think it's definitely different than the other ones. I think it's important for anyone who's going to have a little bit of an expectation that it's going to be different. Don't expect it to be a traditional theme park, which is ride after ride after ride. But we absolutely love this park. Mm -hmm. You said two things I want to touch on. The first thing is, this is a great example. If you are planning a long vacation, that Disney vacation of dreams, and you're hitting every park, and you're thinking about where to put your Animal Kingdom day, I love the way you started to say that, Stacey, because pairing Animal Kingdom with your rest day and making it maybe the day after your rest day is a great option because you'll maybe get to bed early on your rest day and you want to start Animal Kingdom early. It is the earliest park, as you mentioned, and sometimes doing it after a really late night park close at a different park can be really difficult. And then, like you said, you get that early bedtime. Maybe that's two nights of earlier bed with the rest day. So just as a strategy in general on where to place your Animal Kingdom day, that is a great thing to keep in mind of how that will work. And then the other thing you said how it's a different park than the others. You know, I have a lot of clients say to me, well, I know I want to do Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom because they're the best for little kids. And while there is some really significant truth to that, I think it's important and not a lot of people maybe realize that the height requirements on a lot of this the actual rides at Animal Kingdom are a little are higher on average, I would say, than the other parks. There aren't a ton of rides for little ones. There are other things that we will talk about. And of course, it is a super kid-friendly park. But that is one thing that I think people may not expect or realize is that some of the attractions, especially the really popular ones, do have a higher height requirement than the other parks. These are great points. And going back to the time thing, I think Animal Kingdom Park, now all parks will shift their schedules daily. So you always need to be checking your hours in your app. But I feel like this one maybe bounces around a little bit the most. I don't know if it has to do with the care for animals and when sunset and sunrise and all that kind of stuff. I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but I looked at it just um, preparing for this. And within a month's time, it has, you know, probably two or three different schedules that it's following. So always check that. Yeah. You know, over the course of just the last year that we've been doing this podcast, my own personal outlook on Animal Kingdom has evolved a bit just because of my kids. So my son absolutely loves Animal Kingdom and he's only been one time, you guys. He's been once. Oh my God. (laughs) But you you know the the commercial basically that's on in your resort hotel room if you're staying at Disney World where it's showing you all the different offerings at the parks and it'll show little clips of attractions and shows. Well, They show the clip of the Yeti in Everest, Expedition Everest, on that channel. 
And my son isn't even tall enough to ride Expedition Everest yet, but he knows that that Yeti is in there. And so every time we're going to plan a trip to Disney now, he says, can we go where the Yeti is? Can we go where the Yeti is? He just loves the idea that it's even (laughs) in the park. Um, And once we're there, he's. And my point is, you know, once we're there, he's really not able to ride a lot of things because he's pretty small. And he still loves it. He finds so much enjoyment in this park. He can't wait to go back. He has the time of his life. And we're not usually a rope drop family, but for Animal Kingdom, we definitely are. And I sort of lay out the ideas, you know, the three of us sort of brainstormed together different approaches we've used in the past and kind of came to one we felt like people could benefit from the most. And the angle we're taking is, if this is the single day you're going to experience Animal Kingdom and you need to maximize experiences and enjoyment, this may be a a great great design for your family. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of different approaches to take with Animal Kingdom. And I think we're going to unpack that here in a bit. But just to kind of speak back to what you were saying about how friendly it is for little kiddos or not. The first time that I went to Animal Kingdom, my kids were four months old, two years old and four years old. So we went when they were all really little. And that was maybe my favorite Animal Kingdom day we've ever had. I thought that it was amazing. If you asked me after my first trip what our favorite park was, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say Magic Kingdom, but I would have told you that Animal Kingdom was a very close second because we loved it that much, even with little ones. Now that we go a lot more often, um, my kiddos are all really tall. I'm tall, my husband is tall, and our kiddos are, you know, in the 90th to 99th percentile in the charts. But my two-year-old, even with her being so tall, there's there's a lot of attractions that she can't ride. But does that mean that she doesn't have the greatest day in Animal Kingdom? Absolutely not. Like, there's still so much for her to do, even whenever she's not riding the rides. So I'm really excited to dig into that with our itinerary today. Yeah, so let's do that. Let's talk. We are going to start right where we have started the last four, the last three park itineraries. And that's going to be, of course, listeners are familiar by now, 7 a.m. That is your call time for starting your day at any Disney World theme park. And today we're starting our day with Animal Kingdom. 7 a.m. Genie Plus uh, Lightning Lane Return is going to open and you are going to snag for your family the two picks that I think unanimously here, we all agree, You are snagging Kilimanjaro Safari as your first lightning lane. That is the most famous Animal Kingdom attraction, the safari ride. Everybody can ride it, little ones to big ones. It's the best in the morning. We were kind of talking a little bit before we started, and the animals are so active in the early morning hours. It's not super hot yet. We actually heard a lion roar, like a, a legit Lion King Simba finally got his voice roar while we were on the safari once. And it was both chilling and amazing. And that was in the morning. And I think those are the experiences you get or so in the morning than the evening. So it is absolutely our recommendation that because of time of day and because of the wait time that the safari will naturally have throughout the day, you're going to want to snag that as your first lightning lane for as early as you possibly can in the day. And then you're going to use the individual lightning lane. Yes, it costs extra money, but yes, it is absolutely worth it. You're going to purchase Flight of Passage over in Pandora, World of Avatar. And uh, it's that's a must do. You have to. You really have to buy individual lightning lane for Flight of Passage. And the reason we say that is... I'm going to, I would even dare to say that Flight of Passage probably has the longest waits of any attraction on all of Disney property. It is 
always, always like a two hour wait, it like steady all throughout the day. So we really feel that it's worth the money for you to buy Flight of Passage because you're not going to want to wait that long for it. Um, definitely buy the individual Lightning Lane for this one hands down. I would almost add, if you're trying for budgetary reasons on your Disney vacation to not buy an individual lightning lane in every park, I would highly prioritize Flight of Passage because all of the individual lightning lane attractions across Disney World are typically going to have longer waits. But because there aren't a lot of attractions at Animal Kingdom and because of how spectacular Flight of Passage really is, that wait time is almost always two hours plus. I, I mean, it's been open for years and it's always going to be 90, two hours and more. And so if you're like, we can, my family can only buy, you know, one individual lightning lane, which one should it be across the parks? It arguably there's a lot of reasons it should be this one. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it is a very quick gain in wait time right away at rope drop. It will add up very quickly. And even, you know, you don't have to have Genie Plus. If you're going to choose to even not do Genie Plus one day, like this park, you don't have to do Genie Plus here, honestly. We still suggest that it's a wise way to use your time. You know, there's just no need to waste time in line if you don't have to. But even if you did not do Genie Plus, you know, Genie Plus and individual lightning lanes are not related. Totally separate separate transactions and you can go ahead and buy that individual lightning lane and still not do genie plus and i think that that's definitely something you should do and something that stacy you were starting to say was at the beginning of the day it will start to add up really quickly i think stacy what you were saying there is if your plan is i'm gonna go rope drop flight of passage that line immediately gets long first thing in the morning, right, Stace? Like, how long do you think yeah. it gets at rope drop? Yeah, my husband and children have done that um, first thing in the morning while I was going to have coffee. And they kept texting me and like, well, gosh, I think I'm going to still be here for like two hours. And they were, I mean, we were there at rope drop and they were immediately in line. They did not do anything else. They did not dilly dally. <laughs> and it was still, they were behind enough people that it was a two hour wait. Yeah. So it, it's just, it's very wise use of your time and money because your park day is already costing you money. So yeah. get the most out of it. Add that extra little, even if it's 20 bucks. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, you know, this is where you really have your first decision to make. And there's no really wrong way to do it. A lot of our strategies in the parks try to eliminate backtracking through the park, right? Sort of work and emotion that naturally progresses you through the park. And today's itinerary that we have laid out really will do that for the most part. But I do also think Animal Kingdom is a park where you need to expect to walk. It is the largest park by a lot. You know, it's said that all of the other parks can literally fit inside of Animal Kingdom, you know. But let me point out that that don't don't scare people because most of that size <laughs> is for the animals. It is. It is. <laughs> most we of want that size to is be for that. the animals. Yeah, we want it to be that big. Yeah, I actually looked this up because um, I, I was curious about it. It is the slightly bigger sidewalk area from, uh, okay, let's look, Epcot has the most amount of sidewalks at three miles. You get three miles of sidewalks at Epcot. Animal Kingdom has slightly under that with 2.27 sidewalks. And then Magic Kingdom is 2.17 miles. So it's not terribly bigger than Hollywood Studios is less with 1.4 miles of sidewalks. So it is known that it is the 
biggest part for sure. But most of that space is for animals. Yeah. Um, we want that. We want the animals to yes, have lots yes, of yes, room yes. to roam. And if you look, even if you look at your map, I mean, you can see the animal habitats and, and the things yes. that's there. It's really special, but I do just think that even though we're going to lay out a way to sort of not backtrack, I think you should sort of expect to a little bit because of the nature of this park. And honestly, it's so beautiful. And there are so many little hidden coves. You know, I was at Animal Kingdom on actually a rewards trip that I had won with the agency that we work with, Smart Moms. And I remember we sort of split off in the morning to grab the different breakfasts that we wanted. And I grabbed a donut and a coffee and I was going to meet up with everybody over in Pandora. But for a moment, I just found like a cave, a, a private little cave right in like across and adjacent from the Tree of Life, which for those that may not know is the giant tree monument we'll talk a little bit more about for sure there at Animal Kingdom. And it had a stone bench in it. And I just sat in there and I think there was even a waterfall behind me. There are so many little hidden coves and things like that to enjoy and rest. So while your day may have you walking back and forth, you're also going to not just be walking. You're not going to be running from thing to thing and you're going to be exploring and you're going to be uncovering secrets and and coves and beauty. There's not a single inch of this park that's not gorgeous. I know the Imagineers actually set up this park in this way. And you talked about how finding these little coves. Like if you'll notice when you're walking around in there, you cannot look from where you are to know where everything else is. They do this on purpose. It was an intentional design to make it so that you felt like you were exploring. And you cannot just say like, where is, I mean, now you can kind of see Expedition Everest from certain points in the park, but you can't just look across the park and see where you want to go next. So it does have a little bit of a, a lost feeling that sometimes you're like, oh, where do I go next? Which trail do I go down? And that's all intentional. And if it stresses you out that you don't know where you are, because I've been a little stressed, like I don't, I'm walking in circles. <laughs> um, and just look at that map. Just use your app. It is such a helpful tool. <laughs> and we, I say that all the time. I love the map section of the app. That's so true. Just look at your map. Like you can say, I need directions to the nearest bathroom and it will literally GPS walk you to the yes. nearest bathroom. <laughs> yes, it is so such a cool, cool tool. Yeah, you can do that. And I I want to point out too something we're not going to specifically break down in our itinerary here, but something you should definitely factor into your day is the wilderness explorers for your kiddos. It's not something that you just plan to do at a specific time, which is why it's not part of our specific itinerary. However, it is something that you are weaving throughout your day and you're finding basically what it is sort of inspired from the movie Up, where you can go, go and collect little patches or badges, stamps really are what they are. And you can collect them around the parks with your kiddos and you can fill up your booklet, I think, right? And you can, you can find there's a Wilderness Explorers logo that you'll find throughout the park as you're walking. And as we've been saying, exploring different areas of the park and you'll stumble upon them or you'll you'll plan to find them, whichever it is. And your kids will get to stop and learn a little bit and they'll be so excited to fill up their booklet. So please, if you especially have kiddos, plan to do the Wilderness Explorers. I actually haven't done it with my kids yet. I still think they're a bit on the younger side, but they're getting into the age where I think they're going to be really, really wanting to do it. They're going to be seeking out the logo and I'm, and I'm excited to do it with them. So Plan for that sort of relaxing, fall into it type things. It's time to get a Wilderness Lodge stamp here or Wilderness Explorer stamp here. You know, you don't have to run to Expedition Everest right this moment. You know, that's one, something that's beautiful. So you wake up, it's 7 a.m. You have your, as early as you can get it, Lightning Lane 
for the safari. And as I was beginning to say a bit ago, your first decision here, you're going to buy the individual lightning lane, right? There are two sort of strategies I think you can consider. You can grab an early time for flight of passage just so you can check it off, have it done. Or you can choose to buy the individual lightning lane for much, much later in the day, even towards the evening, because Pandora, the world of Avatar itself, probably the most spectacular land in all of Disney World. Galaxy's Edge maybe rivals it, definitely rivals it, but I still think Pandora has the edge. It's honestly a marvel. I I mean, it truly looks like floating mountains. You know, it's unbelievable. And if you've seen the movie, it does it total justice. It, It is gorgeous. And to see it during the daytime and to see it during the nighttime two completely different experiences. And so planning your day to make sure that you're going to be at Animal Kingdom all day so that you can see Pandora lit up at night, pretty important. So knowing that you're going to go to that, at least that one area, minimum of twice in your day, maybe you plan to get Flight of Passage for that evening time. Yeah, I think that's a really good strategy. I would personally plan it for late in the day because, Ali, you were alluding to it looks very different between the daytime and the nighttime. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, At the end of the day, if you are visiting Animal Kingdom, it usually closes around 6. It it is a park that closes earlier, right? So certain times of the year, you're not going to be able to be there whenever it's like after dusk or about dusk. But if you are there during a time of the year, whenever the sun is going down, the whole land lights up. It looks bioluminescent like it does in the film. Like it's it's just incredible. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a huge Avatar fan. And I am still mind blown every time I'm in Pandora. Like it is just so remarkably beautiful. It is very otherworldly and and really impressive. Mm-hmm. It is truly a marvel of creativity and just the technology that was used to to put it together is is quite impressive. It will be. I think. I think it's fair to say it will be jaw dropping, even for your your toughest of critics among you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I've mentioned on the show before, the first time I ever went to Galaxy's Edge, I had never seen Star Wars. And so while I could appreciate the world, I didn't understand it at all. So it was a little less, a little less than it is now that I've seen the, the films and I'm into it. Pandora, I don't think has that same effect. I think whether you've seen Avatar or not, whether you love Avatar or Avatar or not, this is something to absolutely gawk at. <laughs> you know, it's stunning. And so our advice is going to be to either decide, you know, what what makes sense for your family. And I think that's okay. The three of us are going to vote to do it later in the day and plan to return to it. Maybe you want to get it in the morning and try to also do standby queue for it later. Really your call what fits for your family, but you're going to buy the individual lightning lane. And for purposes of this, we're going to buy it for later in the day. And you're going to get the safari for as early as possible because the animal interactions and things that you're going to you're going to get to experience in those morning hours. So when you get to Animal Kingdom, which Katie mentioned, it closes earliest. We've also already mentioned it also opens earliest. It's going to be that early, early morning. I mean, I think it was, gosh, I'm not kidding. I think early entry for me on my most recent trip was 730 yeah. in the morning. And I'm pretty sure we were scanning in and I looked at my clock and it was like 719. You know, you're in the park early and you're shocked by how up and early you did it, but you did. And it's really fun. And so that means if early park entries at 730, that means you are already at the bus stop at 7 a.m. when you're grabbing those lightning lanes. Like your family is a great point. Out the door and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, because no matter where you are staying on Disney property, you're taking a bus to animal kingdom and if you're off property of course you're driving you're driving in and parking but if you're staying on property you're taking a bus no matter what it's the only form of transportation that will take you to animal kingdom 
And so everybody is coming in from those same bus stops through those same queues once you get to the park. So you got to really plan for that. And when you get there, once you scan in, it is going to be a lot of different, you know, there's lots of different paths and directions. If you veer off to the left, that's how you're going to make your way to Pandora. That is where the masses are going to be going. So it's important that you think about that. Rope drop, Pandora, crazy. Everybody's hustle and bustle and left once you scan in there. But I do think there's something to be said for knocking out some of those things and taking some of the stress off of Pandora so that you can enjoy its beauty later. And that's why we're going to recommend that you you head left with the masses and you rope drop the Navi River journey. A couple reasons. Number one, you want to take that stress away from Pandora. I don't want to be in Pandora and know there are still attractions that I either don't have a plan to ride with the individual lightning lane or haven't ridden yet. Because it's arguably true that the rides aren't the best part of Pandora. So you want to enjoy some of those other things, except Flight of Passage maybe is really, but you want to enjoy some of those other things without stress. And there are a lot of different ways to spend your lightning lanes if you're using Genie Plus, and I don't necessarily love Navi River as a lightning lane. You know, I don't, I think it's a great attraction that you want to see, but if you can knock it out first thing in the morning with no weight and not waste the lightning lane on it, that sounds peak experience to me. I agree with all of that. Navi River is neat and it has, is it the largest animatronic? I think it does have the largest animatronic on Disney property with the um, shaman avatar at the end and she's incredible to see she's completely incredible but you're right i wouldn't want to waste a lightning lane on it i would 100 percent rope drop that while everybody else is getting in their two-hour wait for flight of passage you just go over to navi river and knock it out real quick on your way over to africa yeah hold on before we do that i want to tell a funny story we were all at disney world together earlier or actually at the end of last year and we actually got some really fun personal downtime in animal kingdom after hours when the park was closed with our agency and we were allowed in pandora after dark and the rides were open to us to just sort of ride at our will and i had never this was my secret i had never ridden navi river just because i never wanted to wait for it and i never wanted to waste the lightning lane on it and so i had not ridden it until we were there together in the park and how many i mean did we ride it like five times that night oh my gosh that was such a singular experience it was great we just kept riding it and now i'm like a navi river pro and i went from never riding it to like i know every corner and every bend um but it is fun and your kids will love it it's beautiful it's like small world on explosion you know it's a boat ride but it's it's really cool. But then as Katie was saying, you will leave, this is still your early morning hours. And we try to build restaurant reservations into these itineraries because I think they matter a lot to a lot of people that are planning their Disney vacations. They're a huge point of stress for a lot of families that are planning their Disney vacations. And they're, they, they matter so much. And so the three of us agree that one of the best dining experiences you can have actually lives in this park. Stacey, you love it. Go for it. Yes. Love it. Tusker House. Uh, We have been doing this since my kids were really, really little. And it's just such fun. Um, You get to see Mickey in this one. And it's a breakfast that it's a breakfast buffet that's really delicious. And it's a really fun wake up experience. (laughs) You know, like if your kids are kind of dragging for a little bit, you know, march around with the with the drums and it's just super fun. Yeah, I I completely agree with with that. That's this is one we absolutely hit for a couple of reasons. First of all, it is a character meal all day. 
which is really unique. Most character meals are not character meals all day around Disney World. They are character meals for breakfast only. Tusker House is characters all day. But we recommend breakfast for reasons that Stacey just touched on. And, you know, you're getting, we just said you're getting to Animal Kingdom really early and you have all that adrenaline and you rush and you ride, you know, Navi River. And now you might be feeling that exhaustion a little bit. You're starting to drag and you're starting to feel like, oh, wow, I really did get up really early and get to this park. And so having that chance to sit down and have a calmer start to your day, knowing you've already accomplished so many things, including getting up and getting there and getting to see characters. Now, the other reason I really love this breakfast is because it does fit well with the itinerary, right? It's right there on your way. Africa is straight up the drag from Pandora as you exit that land and the food. If you have picky eaters, it's going to work for them. But if you have eaters that are unhappy with Disney, just, you know, chicken tenders and, and options like that, or more obvious choices, Tusker House is for all of the eaters in your family. I personally love spicy. I love flavors. I love variety. And this buffet has it. You're going to have, you know, African inspired spices with your breakfast hash. And also your kids are going to have Simba waffles, you know, so everybody, yes, I knew you were going to say Simba waffles. Yeah. Everybody's going to have what they want. The juice is so good. They pour those juices for you at the table. Oh my gosh. They're delicious. And you said you're marching around with drums and this is just such a nice way to really, truly start your morning. You know, you knock out a couple of things and then, you know, you're going to have this relaxation, And the other thing is the safari is right there by Tusker House. And so ideally your lightning lane is going to line up right before or right after breakfast before would be even, even greater. You know, you go straight from Navi river, you ride the safari on lightning lane and the safari is a really long attraction. You're sitting for a while you're enjoying, um, you see all kinds of different animals and all kinds of different habitats. The navigators, the leading the the ride through the safari trails are so knowledgeable, so fun. Some of them are even, you know, really funny. And so that's going to be a great experience. And then you go and you get to sit down at Tusker House and just enjoy. And you've already had a killer morning in like an hour. So true. Yeah, I love that. You were mentioning about how Kilimanjaro Safaris is like a longer attraction. I feel like sometimes people don't don't understand that. Like sometimes we get in that line and we go, oh gosh, this is going to be like a three minute ride. No, you're going to be on, it's like an actual legitimate safari. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to be going through the exhibits and it's, it's going to take a little while. I might say like half an hour ish, right? Like it takes a while to get through the ride. And especially if you have, there, there are sometimes animal delays too, where, you know, there's a rhino just laying in the middle of the road, right? So yeah, the animals that aren't a danger to passengers have free reign of the safari trails. So, I mean, how many times have you been stopped because of giraffe crossing? Yeah, a couple times actually. And it's incredible. This is why I, I kind of take up the torch of Animal Kingdom is not just a zoo because you will never have an experience like that at your zoo. You will literally never have that experience at your local zoo. The giraffe is right there. The rhino is right there, like yeah. literally right beside you. Like it's completely incredible. <laughs> and it's Disney Imagineering, right? And so everything is leveled up. It looks like the lion is right there. 
you know, it cannot get to you very obviously, but it, you, you feel like you're in there with them. You know, it's really unbelievable. They're not behind glass. And there is nothing quite like watching a baby animal running around like a little baby zebra or one of the baby giraffes. And they're running around with their mom. I mean, and, and when we talk about these, we have, I'm kind of jumping ahead here to the trails after the safari, you can go through the, is it the Kilimanjaro trails? No, it's the, uh, sorry. I don't know the trail names, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They all have really unique names. Yes. So the trails are, uh, I feel terrible. I don't remember it. Um, the trails are super fun and there's a gorilla family in there that you need to take the time to walk through there and watch the gorilla family because the babies are just so super fun. I, I'm just a sucker for baby animals. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and keep talking about uh, Animal Kingdom. Are you a dedicated fan of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast and feel the need to take notes while listening to each and every episode? Our Diamond Mind Patreon subscription is a perfect fit for you. Every month, our Diamond Mind subscribers receive a new Disney travel guide that simplifies and organizes the podcast content. Join our community at patreon.com and search for Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Joining our Patreon supports our woman-owned small businesses and allows you more simplicity and support in planning your next Disney vacation. Join us at patreon.com and we'll see you there. We just, we're all grinning right now. We can see each other and we are all just like grinning and beaming because that's an amazing morning. We've just briefly seen Pandora before spending time there later. You have ridden Navi River Journey. You have ridden the safari with no weight via your lightning lane. Now you've eaten at Tusker House right after. And after you scan in for the safari, you're going to go ahead and, and select your next lightning lane. There are only a few attractions at Animal Kingdom in total. And if you're not using Genie Plus, you're going to have to run and rope drop all of them if you want to experience them pretty much with no weight. But since we are using it, we know that we're going to be able to strategize that. So now are you going to book a show with your lightning lane? Or are you going to go ahead and grab your next attraction? And more than any other park, by far, for sure, the shows at Animal Kingdom are worthy of your lightning lanes. Not just worthy of them, they are necessary. And maybe even more so than the attractions themselves. So the Festival of the Lion King is my favorite show in all of Disney World. I Well, <laughs> that's not a nighttime spectacular. My right. favorite, <laughs> you know, multiple times a day show type thing. Okay. And I, that's a pretty bold statement because I love the shows at Hollywood Studios so much. But I really think Festival of the Lion King is just, it's unbeatable. It is fun. It is interactive. Your kids might be picked to volunteer for things. But even if they're not, the whole audience gets to become part of the show. The dancing, the acrobats, just wildly impressive. It's dance meets theater meets Cirque du Soleil. I mean, it is everything. And and people know it's everything. It's not a secret. So the line is long. It wraps around the area. And it is in Africa where... In our itinerary, we're kind of talking through that's where we are. So if you're looking for a strategy that won't have you double backing to different areas of the park very much, then it's probably a good idea after the safari to go ahead and grab your lightning lane for the Festival of the Lion King. Yeah, that's wise. Yes. And it, it really cannot be missed. Like, uh, I just don't think we can overemphasize that enough because I know it's tempting to skip shows, but this is an absolute must-see. I, I don't really have anything to add to what you've said, Allie, other than my throat gets a little bit choked up just thinking about it because it is genuinely the sweetest memories I have from when my babies were little. Like, 
when my oldest daughter, who has made me a grandmother now, when she was a toddler bouncing, her little her little pigtails were bouncing as they walked her around that stage. She got chosen to be involved with the program. And I cannot tell you, like, that memory, like, truly chokes me up to think about. <laughs> I love it so much. Daisy, are you crying? Yes, it really gets to me. Like, I... I'm telling you, it's an emotional thing to that experience was so good. We um, so there's different animal characters involved in this. So like all the the actors and actresses are representing different animals. And we've always called this one particular character that invited my daughter onto the stage, the green girl. She was actually dressed as a snake. That's her animal. (laughs) So that, um, I hate snakes. So it's kind of funny, (laughs) but this, we call her the green girl and she is still, it's totally, I mean, we're looking at 25 years later that it's obviously not the same actress playing her. And yet I still am so drawn to the green girl because she chose my daughter to walk around that stage. I'm going to look for the green girl next time. You know, she means so much to us. So anyway, can't I cannot say enough about how wonderful this show is. And you said she was your daughter was two when she was picked. Yeah. And yeah. she's maybe a grandmother now. So that just speaks to how long this show has been around. And it, it I don't even think it's been reimagined. Maybe it has. I actually don't know for sure. But either way, it is so stunning and so spectacular and I mean, it's the must. It's yeah. the must show. Yeah, and it just shows the longevity of memories. Like right. this this experience still chokes me up 25 years later. <laughs> Your daughter has given you a granddaughter that looks a lot like her and, oh. is, and is close to the same age as she was. Yes. And believe me, this has come through my mind. Like I cannot <laughs> wait to take my granddaughter in pigtails and I'm going to try to dress her in exactly the same outfit that her mama was wearing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it is a legacy memory here. Like we're talking a yeah. big deal yeah oh my gosh that's amazing i love it i yeah. hope I, the green and the green girl better pick her oh my gosh i know <laughs> like i need to i need to arrange things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so once you've scanned in and, and you know the other reason i want to obviously for the reasons that we've just said that the show is a must see but the other reason it's a wise choice for your lightning lane is that the line gets so long that you actually will get shut out of the theater like you may not make it and then you'll have a choice of well do i stand for an hour and wait for you know my turn to be led into the the theater or am I going to go do something else? You know, you don't want to be put in that position. So that's why it's another good idea to use lightning lane because you're, you're given priority. You're getting in for sure. Mm-hmm. So after the safari, you grab that, you, you hit the show after breakfast. It's the perfect morning. And now you have sort of another decision to make. There is a part of animal kingdom called Rafiki's planet watch. And if you're trying really hard not to double back and you want to check everything off, you possibly can, it might be a good idea to hop on the train. You take a train out to this area. It opens around 10 AM. So probably about the time you are at the park right now. And you can take it out there and there are really cool animal sites. And they're, the coolest thing that's offered out there is a drawing, like an animator's class where they sort of walk you through how to draw the animation of one of the characters. And they do it in a way that everybody can really participate and do a good job. It makes for a great souvenir. Everybody can bring home their animation that they drew and everybody feels really great about themselves. It's a very unique experience. Now, do I think it's the best choice of your morning time? Probably not. You know, there are probably other things you should start to go do at Animal Kingdom. 
you have to really decide what your priorities are for your family. If you know that walking back to an area you've already explored is going to be difficult for you to achieve and the drawing class is important to your family, maybe you hit it now. Maybe you just go ahead and do it and you check it off your list. Or maybe you just earmark it and you think, I'm going to hit that later. I'll be really honest. My wife loves to draw and animate. And this is something she would love. And I have to say would love because we've not done it with her. And the reason we haven't done it is because we usually do skip it in favor of going and doing other things in the park. And by the time we finish everything on our list, we're just not really in the mood to go back there, hop on the train, take the journey, you know, and so we end up just opting to do it next time. And so with that perspective, if it is important, maybe you do it now while you're there. Yeah, I agree. They also have an action station back there too, which is basically like a petting zoo. I will say when we've gone back there, um, the petting zoo is great for little kids. Keep in mind, it's a petting zoo. (laughs) So there's going to be messes, right? My kids really enjoyed the petting zoo and they could have spent more than an hour there if I had let them. That animator's class that's in the building right beside the petting zoo is the, the class is packed. Like everybody is very excited to do it. But I do think that if it's high on your list to go do, it's a great it's a great way to spend your time. But as you mentioned, if you only have one day in Animal Kingdom, is it the thing you go do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, really- that's why I think this conversation is really fun because I think the answer isn't clear. The answer lies with your family. You know, my family should probably say yes to that question, yeah. even though we haven't before. It's because we have we have actually now two. My oldest daughter really, really loves to draw as well. So now we have two people in the family that really, really love to draw. And I'm sure my little ones and even I, you know, would really enjoy it. And we just haven't done it as a family. And so I think knocking it off your list and making sure you do it, if it's something you know you'd enjoy, there's no reason not to. Because after you scan in for your Lightning Lane for the Festival of the Lion King, you're going to get to book another one. And you know you'll have that stacked. And so... You could go do Rafiki's Planet Watch. And then when you come back, be ready to hit that next lightning lane. Yeah, I le- I tend to lean towards go ahead and do it while you're there because it is worth the time. And if you're utilizing Genie Plus, you're going to have enough time. I think it's okay to go ahead and take that little slice out. You may not want to just wander back there. You may want to be a little more decisive about that you're going to hop on the train go do the animation and ride the train back and not really just wander around but i think if if you're doing it carefully you can go ahead and fit it in now yeah i want to i want to do the animation class with everybody in my family and then bring home the animation as our souvenir and maybe even frame them you know we have a little art wall in our hallway upstairs i would love to frame all five of our animations that we do and line the hall and actually i just i think i am going to do that on our next trip (laughs) and I'll, i'll share a picture if i do it but I, you know, I, I like our argument. I think I just talked myself into it with, with your help, Stacey and Katie. So I think, uh, consider that that's what I want listeners to do is just consider it. Is it a priority for your family? If not, just book that next lightning lane and move right along. But if it is consider doing it now because you're over there and there's no reason not to. And when you get off the train, you might be a little hungry and it might be a good time to grab the street corn snack (laughs) That if you listen to our snacks episode uh, that we just released, I don't want to spoil anything, but the street corn did very well in our rankings. We love it. And you're going to be over there. You're probably going to want a snack because it's been a while since breakfast. You've seen a show. You've ridden a train. You've drawn some art. Now you're going to want some corn as you walk to your next lightning lane, which is probably going to be Expedition Everest. Hold the phone. 
I need to say something before we get over to Asia. Okay, so now we're exiting Africa. We've checked everything off the box and we're making our way over towards Asia. And if you look on the map in the My Disney Experience app, along the walking path between Africa and Asia, you can see there's like a little jut out in the path that's like the perfect photo op in front of the tree. Okay, it's not whenever you're first walking into the park and everybody wants to get a picture in front of the tree. The best tree of life photo op is right there on that path between Africa to Asia. So don't skip it. I'm so glad you said that. I actually yeah. have a picture. My daughter and I were going to Everest um, because my little ones weren't big enough. So my wife hung with them and actually, I think, had street corn <laughs> and bought jewelry for my mom for Christmas because she's really, my mom is so into jewelry and they have the little market in Africa. They have really, really cool things to buy. And so we bought her some awesome pieces for Christmas. And and my wife did that while I took my oldest to, Ev to Everest. And I have my favorite picture of her and I maybe at Disney World. We're in our Lion King outfits that we wore for the day. And we're in that little cutout that you just said, Katie, and the tree is behind us. It's only the two of us in the photo. No other pedestrians walking around. Nobody needs photoshopped out. It's so beautiful. It was a really pretty day. All the colors are great. I'm so glad you said that because... You can naturally just happen upon it. There's not going to be a line. Somebody will take your photo. Perfect. Gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know these things ahead of time, you won't waste your time at the very beginning of your day standing in front of the tree, getting your picture made. Just hold off and yes. do this back here at this point. It's great point, Katie. Great for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah for sure. Now, you're going to keep walking after you get that photo, and you're going to find your way into the Asia portion of Animal Kingdom. That's sort of how the park is. We just left Africa. Now we're in Asia. Of course, the big headliner attraction there, one of the biggest attractions in all of Animal Kingdom, Expedition Everest. It's a massive coaster. This coaster is so big. And when I took my daughter on it that time that I was just mentioning, I was, I, I kind of forget until I'm sitting next to my child, how big an attraction is, you know, like I ride it myself and it's just fun. And then when I have my daughter sitting next to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm sitting next to this person that I love so much. And she seems so small next to me and this ride seems so big, but she loved it. And I've already said my son cannot wait. He's just seen the the videos of the ride and he knows the year and he cannot wait to ride this coaster. And I can't believe I'm going to sit next to him someday, but it's it is if you are a thrill seeker, this is is this the best thrill in Disney World? Before Guardians, I would have said yes, hands down Expedition Everest was my favorite coaster in Disney. But now I think Guardians kind of edged it out. I think Guardians is a better coaster by far, but I well, I don't know about by far, but for Not sure it's a better yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a better attraction, but I still think Everest is a bigger thrill. It, it's a massive coaster with hills and. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't really want to spoil anything. So, you know, maybe plug your ears if you don't want any spoilers at all, but you're going different directions. You're going up and down. You're going light and dark. I mean, you, that portion of this attraction, when you are in the pitch black and there's like flashes of the Yeti and you're going backwards at a really fast acceleration. Uh, it's, it's kind of freaky. I have to share this story because I'm like laughing, just thinking about it. And this is heavy spoilers. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers, skip ahead a little bit. So you were mentioning that on Expedition Everest, there comes a point where you end up going backwards down the hill. 
And you get to that point, and I feel like you see photos of it all the time, where it makes it look like the Yeti has torn off the track, and your your coaster pauses for a minute. And I'm sitting beside Bella, who is five years old, and she is not my thrill rider kiddo. <laughs> she's sitting beside me, and she's looking around, and she's like, Mom, the coaster broke. Like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? I was like, kid, I... I think we're going to end up going back down backwards. And she goes, what? And then immediately we start going backwards. It's so hard. So hard. That that memory is just, ah, it was the greatest. (laughs) Um, That's the kind of thing I I just love. I mean, riding coasters with your kids, there's nothing better. Honestly, if you can get them on these coasters and get them to like brave, a lot of them will be, you know, a little nervous. If you can get them to brave those initial fears, there's nothing like it. Like I said, I was shocked when I was going in that backwards part with my daughter next to me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. It is pretty intense. I will say it is definitely an intense roller coaster. Super fun. Yeah, it's great. So that's probably going to be your next lightning lane that you're grabbing uh, after the Festival of the Lion King. I, I want to make a point to also say Expedition Everest does have a single rider line. Mm-hmm. And you can, if it, like I probably, not probably, I definitely wouldn't utilize single rider with my daughter, right? Because I wouldn't want her sitting next to a stranger, which is likely what would happen or could, you know, if you're in single rider, but if you're with, you know, if the three of us are together, we can go through single rider. We can ride with whomever they place us with, and we're going to wait no time at all. Usually it's five minutes or less, and you don't have to wait till lightning lane. So think about who you're with. If you have older kids or you're with adults, hop that single rider line and get on without your lightning lane and plan to use your lightning lane on something else. So there are more ways than one to ride Expedition Everest. And it's why it's not necessarily the most important ride to rope drop. It's not necessarily your most important lightning lane. And it's because of that single rider. So keep that perspective in mind. Again, that's something that's sort of tailored per family. Right in front of the entrance to Expedition Everest is that amphitheater in front of the water. That's a nice place to rest. I like to point those things out, kind of don't miss. They had that really weird show during the 50th anniversary. Oh, I wanted to see that. Kite tails. (laughs) I wanted to see it so badly. Yeah, it it had its struggles for sure. (laughs) Yeah, we ripped that show hard on the show and it's gone now. But the amphitheater is there and they do other things on the water. So, Well, you know, the other thing that we passed on our walk over here to Asia, still in the Asia section, is Cali River Rapids. And so Cali River Rapids is a water attraction. This is sort of a rite of passage in my family because usually my two-year-olds can get on that one and they'll give you a little wristband and everything and say, yes, she can do it. She just has to have the extra safety bar in front of her. Oh my gosh. It's like, I have this like moment as a mom that I'm like, my kiddo's getting on Cali River Rapids right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so great we love it yeah i'll be honest with you you can hit it now if you're the kind of person that likes to hit a water ride in the middle of the day so you can sort of dry off in the heat throughout the day then do it now right but i like to save it for the end so that way we can just you know go hop in the shower in our resort afterward and i don't feel like i have to walk around wet all day or something but then you're on the bus you're wedged between people on the bus stopping that's wet fine. <laughs> that's totally fine it doesn't bother me at all <laughs> So we will, we like to hit Cali River Rapids and at the end of the day, we can spam it, which is great because there's never a a line at the end of the day, but we love it. And 
the other thing about Cali River Rapids is whenever you get off, whenever you're exiting, you walk across this little bridge that goes across a portion of the ride and they have a button that you can push and it has these like elephant statues that it will squirt water out of the elephant's trunks. And my kids like to sit there and spam that button after we've ridden too. And, oh, it's yeah. a and you can hit, you can hit people on the attraction. Like you can. Yeah, it's ride. great. Yeah. It's funny. And, you know, an alternative idea, maybe if your family isn't looking to have done a character meal in this park and maybe you blew past that portion of our itinerary and you're thinking, oh, that's not really for us. We're not going to be doing that. Another option is Yak and Yeti lunch, which is right over there by Cali River Rapids. So if you're if you're thinking I want something really good to eat, but a character meal isn't for me, then maybe you're going to grab a Yak and Yeti lunch reservation because that's another amazing food idea in this park. And it's right across from Cali River Rapids. You can hit Cali River Rapids in the heat, dead heat of the day, uh, maybe after you eat lunch at, Cali, or at Yak and Yeti so that you're not sitting sopping wet through lunch. But that's just something to keep in mind. I like these itineraries to be built specifically per family and you know what your family prioritizes most. So those are those are a couple ideas of how you can fit that into your day for sure. Mm -hmm. As you're continuing around, the next thing you're going to come across is going to be the Finding Nemo show. Yes! Oh my gosh, I've been waiting to talk about this one. Okay, listen, I love the Lion King show. The Lion King show is great. I tear up every time watching it too. It's fantastic. But I have to tell you, the Finding Nemo show is my favorite show on Disney property because it is just incredibly over the top and Im imaginative how they have the um, Mr. Ray is like a tricycle. And, oh my, like, it's just incredible. The costuming is incredible. The sets are incredible, like so completely, it just blows you away. The quality of the show completely blows you away. But whenever we watched it, it was our first time we were watching it. As you're entering the theater, you can choose, you want to sit left, center, right, and you can choose if you want to be down the front or if you want to be in the back portion. So we were seated in the front row of the back portion on the left-hand side. And the characters will like come in through the aisles and things like that. And we had this moment where they were doing a scene change and you don't even realize that Marlon and Dory are there. They're literally right there beside you. But my kids had this moment where the actors that are Marlon and Dory like had this moment with my kids in the show because we were seated there and it was the coolest thing ever. And I just, ah, so many touching moments. I love that show so, so, so much. <laughs> yeah, it's another example of Disney Imagineering just at its best. The creativity that goes into turning those characters into stage characters, making you feel like you're in the water. I mean, it's just. It's incredible. It's inc There's so many colors. Oh, it's just beautiful. It really is. Yeah, I'd recommend Lightning Lane for that next. It's right. The theater's right there. Again, this is a park where you want to be using those lightning lanes for the shows. And, and you're just, I mean, our this is us sort of just following the path and naturally coming across these attractions and, and allowing you to see and do all of them. You're probably in the later second portion of your day, early afternoon at this point, yeah. right? So you're probably hitting the show at a good time. It's hot. You know, you want to go in a theater. This is really a great time to hit it anyway. So I like that here. And it leads into an area of Animal Kingdom that is so questionable, right? <laughs> this is the one that's getting the re-theme, right? <laughs> Stacey, do you like Dinoland? You know, I have some some good memories here. It's odd. I think you when you said it's a questionable area, that's the best way to put it. Because 
you do walk in and it's got some really fun music when you walk in. They have, I don't even know, it's like popular music, something to kind of bebop around. You know, that's what gets us hopping through. We're like, wow, this is great. And then you're like, but why is the music here? And why is it this music? I think every time I'm in Dino Land, the song is... This is going to be the best day of my life. (laughs) Yeah, it's all this really popular music. And it's like, this doesn't have anything to do with animals. It doesn't have anything to do with dinosaurs. It doesn't have anything. It's really weird. They have that like carnival. Are the carnival games even still open? I don't know. Carnival games are open. Yeah, I think so. And it's, you know, but it's it's just so odd because when you're looking on the map, you're like, okay, I'm going into Dino Land. You know, there's a ride over there called Dinosaur. And yet it's a carnival with popular music i I don't understand i'm very confused i'm very confused it's really weird i'm glad that this one is getting a retheme but i have to say in its current state as a mom who has you know a little bit older kids and smaller kids what i like about dino land usa is my two older ones emma and bella will usually do the rider swap with dad they'll go over to dinosaur and ride it but tally's not big enough to ride it yet tally's my two-year-old so i'll usually take her on triceratops spin which usually has a shorter wait time they'll grab the lightning lane for dinosaur and go do it and then we'll do we'll do um triceratops spin and then switch and so i love whenever there are those moments in a park that the rider swap works out really great for my kids (laughs) so we had an experience on a recent trip where rider swap really worked out for us and i'm gonna get very candid with you this is one of the funniest memories i have at disney world of recently but it's also not my finest (laughs) moment my older daughter had an unredeemed lightning lane and we were my family of five was there with our family friend and they both had an unredeemed lightning lane we had a double stroller and my twins fell asleep which was awesome you know that's the best thing that can possibly happen it's midday they fell asleep in the stroller great so our family friend and my oldest daughter went to redeem their lightning lane and we had an upcoming lightning lane for dinosaur but we were going to be waiting on them to come back. And so my wife and I were like, well, what should we do? And right there next to Restaurantosaurus is that little dino bar. And it's like a little hidden gem of a place. And we went in there and it was so cool. We found a great little table for just the two of us. And one of our kids was gone. Two of our kids were asleep. And before we knew it, we were in a different <laughs> state of mind. And we had these amazing, <laughs> these amazing drinks. I think I had the, they, I forget the name of it. The It's a mojito. It's a mojito. <laughs> and I had a, more than one of them. And we, the line for the redeemed lightning lane ended up being just a little longer. So we had extra time, which is what led to this. And we just had the most fun ever. And then went straight to the dinosaur and rode, redeemed that lightning lane with our twins and had the best time we've ever had on dinosaur ever um that ride is already shaky and quaky enough as it is and it was just it was so much fun my kids loved the ride anyway my wife and i were in a great mood you enjoyed the ride extra <laughs> extra but dinosaur is a fun i mean i kind of like that ride i mean people hate on dinosaur it actually, actually is a pretty cool it's ride a pretty fun. i mean whenever it gets to be themed which yeah. i think the rumor is that it might become an indiana Jones 
Jones ride? That's Maybe. my hope. Maybe. I'm, I'm holding my breath on that. That would be cool. There's a lot of rumors yeah. surrounding this area that I'm excited to see what come to fruition. But Stacey, did you say you do like dinosaur? Oh, I don't know. I'm a little iffy on it. It's broken down for us through the years when we've gotten on it. I think it goes down a good bit. It's actually the only ride I've ever been escorted off of, you know, because of it being uh, broken down. Oh, and which, you know, that's that's loop. always kind of a neat experience to get the, the little behind the scenes, where, you know, the lights come on inside the ride. But, you know, it's I would be thrilled if it gets rethemed to Indiana Jones. <laughs> I'll say that. I mean, it's OK. I think it's some. I mean, we do it every time, but, you know, it's it's not my favorite. And I think we're all hoping that the area becomes a Zootopia. Yeah. Yes. I think it makes sense. They have alluded to the fact that that may be happening. I don't think it's been confirmed, but I, I'm pretty sure it's happening. You know, that would be... Listen, if they don't make that Zootopia, I will feel very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes the most sense. I would absolutely love it. I, I can't imagine why that wouldn't happen. One of the international parks has Zootopia. They literally have the plans. We can just co-recreate it there in Animal Kingdom. It's perfect. I love it. And that sort of brings us all the way back to the entrance of the park. And we've really seen and done everything. The, you know, what you haven't really done yet and what we haven't talked about is the character meet and greets. And it's important to point out that you can filter your app to character experiences. If you just click the little drop down menu at the top of the actual map itself, you can filter it to characters. Animal Kingdom has some really, really cool, unique ones. The bird from Up. What is that bird? Oh, Kevin. Kevin. And, Kevin. And she's walking on the park. Yeah. Kevin walks around the park and you don't have to stop and, and find a character meet and greet for Kevin, but chances are somewhere toward the front of the park um, and over near Dinoland, you'll probably see Kevin walking around at some point. Yeah, she's cool. Um, but other than- People are like dying to meet Divine. I don't think she's part of any kind of IP. She's just sort of an Animal Kingdom character, but she's yeah. easy too. Yeah, but you can see Donald and Daisy in Dinosaur and Chip and Dale in Dinosaur costumes. So cute. Yeah, really cute. Those are kind of walk up, but the character outpost where you see mm-hmm. Safari, Mickey, and Minnie, as you're exiting Dino Land, you can kind of take the path up to that character meet and greet. Maybe you'll maybe you'll use a Genie Plus here to do it. And that's really fun to see them in their Safari gear. And Moana is still yeah. at Animal Kingdom. And she's over that way as well. Okay, so you're saying that's about it. But we we need to mention a few other little things that we've kind of skipped over that I think are worthy of mentioning. One is there is a, a lake in the middle of this. We we had a mention, a slight mention of the amphitheater that is near Expedition Everest. But this lake and, and kind of a river is all through the park. Mm-hmm. That is an excellent place to see characters. They have... What are they called? What do they call the little boats? They call them... Are they riverboats? I don't... Flotillas. They're flotillas. That's it. They have a little flotilla parade. And there's so there's characters that come through there. We actually have incredible memories with that as well, because they will still interact to you, interact with you on the land. And my kids found the guy, what is his name? He's the pilot from the little DuckTales. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen him as well. I don't know his name. Oh, but I, I seen do. Him used too. to know his name. It's Somebody's probably yelling it at, the, at their podcast right now but um he uh he and my kids interacted and would see each other in different locations all around the park and he would remember them and he'd be like you know hey there they are and they had the best time all day it it just was so impressive it was all day and then there's another thing that you 
glanced over, and I think it's because you have, you don't like it, is it's tough to be a bug. We really need to mention this because it is inside of the iconic tree. You're right. That's the center point of Animal Kingdom. There is a an attraction inside there that's one of the little 3D movie experiences, and it's not very popular. And it makes me sad <laughs> because Bugs Life is such a great movie. It gets no love from Disney. I don't understand. You can't find Bugs Life merch. You have very rarely have the Bugs Life characters show up. They do have them on like Arbor Day or like Earth Day. They will might bring them out as special characters. But I will say, I noticed yesterday Bugs Life is on Disney Plus right now. I don't know if it's a new permanent edition or if it's been there and they're just now like highlighting it. I'm not sure what it is, but it is on there now. I'm hoping this is indication that maybe they're going to start showing Bugs Bugs Life franchise a little more love. Isn't the thing on Disney Plus the real? Yeah, they have both. Well, yes, that's what was there. But now that the animated movie is there, I noticed it yesterday for the first time and I, I was real excited about it. But I love Bugs Life and it just does not get much love trying to find merch. Like if y'all find merch, any listeners out there, if you see Bugs Life merch, point it out to me because it's I can't ever find it. (laughs) Like my kids are probably in the outlier that they do love the It's Tough to Be a Bug show. Like it's usually that's one of the things that we're usually hitting whenever we're walking into the park sometimes. But there's never a long wait for it. It's like 10 minutes. But this is like the attraction that people are usually taking their kids out in the middle because their kids are terrified. My kids love it. And we do think it's very cute. However, there are some moments in it that I can see why kids get scared by it. Yes. So I would just say approach it with caution, but I wouldn't completely skip it for that reason. Because like I said, my kids don't get scared. They think it's great. (laughs) Yeah, And I think as you're exiting Dino, you know, you really don't need to use a lightning lane on this. The standby is never going to be long and it happens all day long. And so if this is important to you as you're leaving Dinoland and after or before you've met those characters, you can hop in line for Tough to be a Bug and absolutely see that show. We've talked about the funny stories about how terrifying it can be. (laughs) Go back and listen to our Right Way to Do Animal Kingdom episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it really is a good show to see. And for that reason, for any Smart Moms travel agents listening today, our hidden Mickey will be Bug. And the best part about it to me is that the ride queue takes you up close to the tree. And so you're going to see all of those. The tree of life is almost a bigger marvel, if not more than the castle itself. Right. I mean, first of all, you can see the top of that tree from iconic spots all over Disney world. Like if you're on, if you're at the terrace on Topolino's and you're seeing all the different park icons, you can actually see this tree just rising way high in the sky. It's massive. And I forget the number of animals, but actually we did mention it on the right way to do animal kingdom episode. So if you give that a re-listen, but there are so many hand carved, meticulously hand carved animals all throughout the bark of this tree. It's absolutely unbelievable. And I can't, every time I'm there, I can't stop just imagining how much work it took the Imagineers to design and lay out and cover every inch. I mean, from the little beetle to the giant massive bird, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's really spectacular and it's worth getting up close to see even, it's worth doing tough to be a bug, even just getting up close to see all that. 
Can I backtrack a little bit, just a little bit, because we were talking about um, character interactions in this park. We like to joke on the podcast here that Nomad Lounge <laughs> is really the hidden character dining experience because there's there's no characters at Nomad Lounge, y'all. But you're right there by the river, <laughs> and so you get to see them all anyway. <laughs> yeah, and if you can hit Nomad Lounge, does require you to join the walk-up list, and this is where. And that was a good segue because this is where I was going next. Katie's very favorite <laughs> food experience in all of Disney World. <laughs> she hates this place, y'all, but I love it. It's one of my favorites. I'm the outlier. I'll acknowledge I'm yeah, the outlier and no matter how just She just needs to acknowledge that she's <laughs> wrong. She's not the outlier. <laughs> but you do have to join the walk-up list. So I, I kind of think it's important to be watching the walk-up list. Have somebody from your party run over there and join the walk-up list. You, know, you don't all need to walk over to do that. And then they'll text you when your table is ready. And at a time that's convenient in your day, as you're walking and exploring Animal Kingdom, you're going to make your way over there, have that hidden character meal where the flotillas, is that what you said, Stacey, yeah. <laughs> are going by. Pocahontas, Rafiki, Timon and Puma, just all kinds of really fun, unique people going by. So I absolutely acknowledge that that should be done. And what's beautiful about that, it leads you right on back into Pandora. Yep. So now we should be hitting the end of the night. Pandora is going to be lit up. It's going to be dark and iridescent, and you're going to get to see it in a whole new way. Maybe you rode Flight of Passage on an individual lightning lane early in the morning. Maybe you saved it for the evening. Whatever it is, you're heading back in. You're going to go in there. You're going to get the night blossom or some other really cool, unique snack and explore walk around, get photos, marvel at just how unbelievable it is, bang the drums, just stop. Stop in your tracks and, and just gawk at how unbelievable it is. Yeah, it's it's truly, truly incredible. And I love that with our itinerary, you're hitting it in the morning so you can see it during the day and you're ending your night there. And I really, I think it's perfect. I think that's the perfect way to do Animal Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And then, you know, the only thing we really didn't hit is the shopping the shop I, I touched it a little bit when we were talking about africa the the shops along the main street when you turn that corner it's it's really an impressive turn similar to the one you experience at magic kingdom when you turn and see the castle it, the tree of life is the same way and that's back in your morning when you arrive at the park you don't see the tree right when you walk in but as you follow the paths and as you make that initial turn and you see the tree it's really spectacular and there are really awesome shops with really unique souvenirs, um, decorative things, just stuff you're not going to find anywhere else, maybe Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, but other than that, you're not going to see these kinds of things around Disney World. And so I think it's important to stop maybe on your downtime during the day or maybe after or before you do Tough to be a Bug or maybe even just on your way out of the park. Sometime when it's convenient, you're going to want to go through these shops because they're, they're not just your standard emporium. My mom and dad uh, have really, really cool eclectic things that they've collected in their house. And a lot of it has to do with trips we took while my brother and I were growing up. And the very first year that Animal Kingdom opened, a long time ago, we went, the year it opened, and they they bought these candlestick holders and this, I don't know, it's just like a container, just this open thing. And I remember I stored my brownie sash in it for years, but it's <laughs> that's just where my brownies, my Girl Scout sash went for years and years and years. But the candlesticks in that little container still sit on the shelf at my parents' house from the year Animal Kingdom opened. They're hand painted. 
There's a giraffe on them. And I believe the candlesticks, if I remember correctly, actually even look like giraffes and they're hand carved. Okay. So you said brownie sash from Girl Scouts, not brownie stash. As in you were hiding your food. I thought okay, you were I got hiding you. your snacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like my wilderness explorers, you know, sash with all my patches. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. Um, That's cool. Um, yeah. And so that actually, now that I think about it, made a lot of sense, you know, to store it in the animal kingdom jar, but it's just ahead of my time. So all that to say, you really want to take a moment to find some of those hidden gems that you, I'm all about the unique souvenirs. And I think that the most unique can maybe be found in this park. I think we did it. I think we just had the best day at Animal Kingdom. I think I want to go to Animal Kingdom now and do yep, this itinerary. It's such a fun day. Yeah. And like I said, my it's so funny because my own opinions on this park have just been ever evolving with kids. And since we started this podcast, you know, I'm excited to fall in love with it even more and and just do experience it in a new way each time and, and allow myself to learn more about this park. I, I can't wait until my kids are just a little bigger so they can ride all the rides. That's what's going to be the game changer for my family. So I think I think that's the perfect day. I'm I'm excited to hear what other what our listeners think. I hope people will follow this itinerary and master Animal Kingdom and really allow yourself and your families to see everything that Animal Kingdom has to offer. Don't forget about the Wilderness Explorers we briefly mentioned at the beginning. Add that into your day. Add the spontaneous exploration into your day. You know, we didn't build that into the itinerary because it's really not something to be built. It's something to allow spontaneity. And I hope that everybody that experiences Animal Kingdom will take those little trails and will take those little moments to really, really discover. And that's what Animal Kingdom is all about. That is going to do it for us here on the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast for the Animal Kingdom itinerary. Once again, please take a moment wherever you're listening and give those like and subscribe buttons. Give them some love. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review, a five-star review, and uh, maybe we'll read it on air. Recently, one of our five-star reviews on Patreon came from a Diamond Mind subscriber, Rachel T., who said, I am so excited to take my first trip to WDW in May. We have five-day hoppers, and I learned so much from this podcast. I've used Genie Plus in Disneyland before, but some of the things talked about on the podcast are new to me, and it makes it so much easier to understand. The guides given for Patreon subscribers each month are super helpful for people who only have time for one park per day. I cannot wait to take what I've learned here and apply it to my trip. And to Rachel T and to everybody that's taking our advice, we hope that we are making your Disney World experiences that much greater, that much more magical, and helping you bring home even more memories than you could have otherwise. And as I mentioned before, if you have not already listened to The Right Way to Do Animal Kingdom, go back and listen to that. And maybe you're not sure if Tusker House is the right choice for your family. So go back and listen to our episode, Character Dining's Ranked, and let us know if you think that's the best one for you. That's going to do it for us this time. And until next time, we'll see you real soon.